Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. My name is Joe. Joining me later may be Jeff. I don't know. He's figuring out <laughs> Skype on his new laptop. We'll join in later. Also joining me is Danny from uh, Average Disney, Disney Nerd Podcast, which I just totally bungled the name of. Yes, Danny, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, honestly, you can call me whatever you want. Disney nerd, Dis nerd, it's totally cool. I, and that's the thing. I'm an average Dis nerd, so I really uh, don't yeah. care about the names too much. There we go. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? You just got back from vacation. How was that vacation? Um, it was a blur because it was a very um, – it was just a weekend trip. Uh, my girlfriend turned 30 this weekend. So oh, congrats. We yeah, very exciting. So we met up with some friends uh, from around the country, and we all kind of congregated in uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, Port Orleans, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I've never been before. None of us really had. And I am in love with that city now. I am obsessed. Awesome. Have you been to Port Orleans, the resort, yet? <laughs> uh, that I have. I've been for beignets, and I've seen Yeehaw Bob too many times to count. Ah, uh, there you go. Well, um, well, Yeehaw Bob was in, in Riverside. Have you been on the other side, the French Quarter? Oh, the French Quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been there. And, you know, I remember as a kid, I never understood it. I just, I don't know. I We always stayed at, back in the day, Dixie Landings, um, yeah. now Riverside. Um, and I just... It, I saw like the pool with like the sea serpent and stuff. I'm like, ah, I don't know. that's that's not Mickey. I really don't care that much. <laughs> um, but we went not too long ago. We we took a day date and just like kind of walked around some of the resorts. And it's kind of cool. Like especially now being to actual New Orleans, mm-hmm. I can now appreciate that architecture a whole lot more. For being a moderate resort, it's pretty. And you know, for and also for being a moderate, I think it's like the most underrated moderate. Just because like everyone's like, oh well, if I'm going to French, if I'm going to go to Port Orleans, I'm going to go to Dixie because it has, you know, the bigger pool and the bigger guest house mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then you realize, oh, wait, this is really small and quaint and nice and you don't have to take 80 bus stops to get somewhere. And yeah. I don't know. I just like it better, especially when you when most of the moderates are sprawling campuses that rival. Well, university. not only that, but now now those moderates are just becoming huge like look at caribbean and Coronado. Mm-hmm. those as you said they're sprawling and they always have been but now they both are going to have a giant tower resort and there's the traffic is just going to be insane there now whereas uh french quarter man that is you can hear a pin drop back there it's fantastic oh yeah it's real nice so let's segue into some news uh Unfortunately, there's no Disney news whatsoever to talk about. Who'd have known? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I guess, I mean, I mean, besides all the craziness that I can't even begin to start talking about with what's going on with attendance at Disneyland. And the fact oh, yeah, that they, that is. <laughs> and, and the fact that they're pulling the emergency lever on bring back the Main Street Electrical Parade, which is not good. Um, <laughs> not, not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Uh, <laughs> So Disney World is bringing. I think the big news they had is they're replacing the Liberty Inn with that barbecue place. Oh my gosh! Yes, is, yes, is that, yes. Is that like I the am... biggest news? And also they announced food and wine booths, right? Those are like the two big um, news. Yes, they announced a couple of food and wine booths. I think they might be like dripping them out over the course of the next few months. Okay. Um, but yeah, as far as like the the parks go, as far as I can remember, over the past week or two, yeah, the the new barbecue restaurant is very exciting because I love. Well, first off, burgers and fries, I don't think, are inspiring dishes to a lot of people, which is why I think most people don't eat in the American Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I go to Food and Wine or Flower and Garden or any of the festivals, uh, 
I always, always, always stop to get a quick bite of barbecue because when they first announced that they would have barbecue at Food and Wine, I'm like, I'm from North Carolina. I don't, I don't really trust you, Disney, to like make authentic barbecue. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't think it's you know like family and friends make back in North Carolina. That being said, it's a solid plate of barbecue. So to hear mm-hmm. them say that they're gonna really double down and do a full blown restaurant, man, I am. I love that idea of comfort foods being close by and have it not be a burger yeah i it looks like a good uh it sounds interesting i can't say the menu looks good because we don't have a menu yet um mm-hmm. but they they're basically so i forget len testa probably said is like how they're naming every single restaurant with what they have in them like it's toledo <laughs> tapas and more or whatever and this one's like i think it's the royal eagle which or something like that or it's the it's like the rural juror and 30 rock <laughs> yeah um and it's um, yeah, oh, it's Regal gonna, Eagle. Yeah, yeah, Regal Eagle, which rhymes, but also Regal means royalty, so that doesn't really work. But whatever, <laughs> it just go with the. I, I don't know. I'm just gonna go with the alliteration. But it's gonna have a barbecue and craft beer, so it's gonna be interesting to see what they have on tap there, uh, and what that is gonna look like when it's all done. Because I, I don't, I don't know. They can make it look like you know Four Rivers. They can make it look. You know, more traditional colonial. I'm not. I'm not really sure. So, um, it just seems like something that they announced because they're not going to bring the booth back to Food and Wine. <laughs> oh man! See, now you're getting me sad because now I don't know what to do to to get my mid Food and Wine snack in the middle of the day. Well, they'll just have it all the time now. That's true. Yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. Do they do they have an opening date? Uh, not that I know of. It sounds like it's just a later thing. Um, I'm gonna go Eventually. to. I just typed in WDW into Safari and hit enter with the first website that came up, and it was the Diz. So there we go. <laughs> um, would you like to find it says five? It's closing July eighth. Oh, okay. Okay, closing July eighth. New ho- smokehouse opening later this year. Oh, yeah. okay. So <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have a little bit of food and wine in there. Who knows? Depends well, on how, how much of an overlay they, they do. Because, like, I mean, in all reality, you could really just mod the kitchen and change a little bit about that dining space. And then you could get that done in a month or two if they really wanted to. Um, but they, they say that they're going to change the outdoor, the, the pavilion promenade. There's going to be um, – like they're going to show you the pig roasting out there, which sounds ambitious for a theme park. Uh, okay. That's, that's – I don't know how that – the ambiance is really going to head into that, but – Okay, sure, let's do that. Vegans, buckle up. Yeah. Yeah, jeez. Um, also, I think they've extended the downtime for Primeval World to, like, August or something. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I did. And to me, I, I'm trying to guard my heart. I'm trying to say, it's coming back, Danny. It's coming back. But there's a small part of me that's trying to hold on to, but maybe it just goes away forever. <laughs> I think it'll just go away forever. I'm fine with that. Oh, that'd be the best. I wrote it already. Yes, on Saturday, no, on Friday, it was called Exterminator at Kennywood, except this one had more theming. (laughs) Wow. (sighs) Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. Doesn't take a lot. (laughs) Well, it's not a fun, it's just not a, in my opinion, a good ride. So, I don't Mm -hmm. know, the the quicker they can get rid of that and do something better with that space, the the better, I think, but. Yeah, it's from an era that just doesn't really apply, at least in terms of Disney. Like, as you said, there are plenty of parks that can do that and do that well. But, like, for a spinning mouse coaster, I just don't think that – that's not why people come to Orlando. 
and they yeah. can get it in their local theme park. I really don't think that many people are um, trying to wait in line too long for that. Yep. So we have Jeff on the line, I believe. Jeff, how are you doing? Um, a little frazzled because <laughs> technology just kicked my ass. But <laughs> I, am, I am now fully alive and well and, and ready to just, you know, spill my guts about whatever I'm feeling frustrated with. So good luck to everyone. Okay, there we go. Uh, Jeff, joining us is Danny from the Average Disney Nerd Podcast. I was on a little while ago. So Howdy. what's going on, Jeff? He's cool. He's he's one of the cool ones. He I got him. He cool. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll put him on the list. Yeah, I have he's a cool ones list. I'll put him on the list. That sounds yeah, good. You can put me on pending. Uh, the, the jury might be out on that. All right. Yeah. yeah we'll we'll uh, we'll be able to tell by the end of this call. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good call. All righty, so let's uh, segue into some of the so other did, news. So what did I miss? Oh, uh, we were just talking about the new barbecue place there that's replacing the Liberty Inn at no at at, uh, at, at Epcot, not Liberty Tree, the Liberty the fast food one. <laughs> is the is this new barbecue place open yet, or are they planning it? Uh, they're closing the Liberty Inn on July eighth, and then they're going to open it later this year. Have they have have they revealed what the uh, the menu is going to be or what the theming is or anything? Not really. It's just going to be barbecue and craft beer is all they've said so far. And it's <laughs> it's concerning for me. I mean, not maybe not concerning. I just want to hear the menu because as a North Carolinian, there's Eastern North Carolina barbecue. There's Western North Carolina barbecue. There's South Carolina barbecue. There's Texas barbecue. <laughs> like We can go on. And there's just so many different varieties. I wonder if they're just going to do like a, a you can order those different regions or if they're just going to say we're doing brisket and we're going to do Texas or whatever. Oh, but you know what they're going to do. They're just going to say it's American barbecue because <laughs> it's American adventure. We are but one culture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but with, with barbecue, we're not. We're really not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Yes, people, people, their blood will run the streets of Epcot over yeah, this right. barbecue. There's going to be protests outside of American Adventure. People, people like doing sit-ins in, in the fountain. You guys thought the tiki birds were a problem. Oh, man. <laughs> Buckle up. Right. People throwing funnel cakes. <laughs> a real revolution, one might say. Yes. <laughs> this, this, this is a real revolution. When the funnel cakes are flying, then, then you've got something. Yep, yep. Uh, so we're going to go uh, to Universal now. We have a few little bits of news before we talk about Hagrid. Uh, Endless Summer Resorts opened. Um, it opened on, I believe, what was it? June 28th, yeah. It's a 750-room hotel. The uh, Surfside is. The other one, I think, is like 2,000 rooms or something crazy like that. Um, it has a one-bedroom and two-bedroom suites. It has kitchenette area, a bunch of really cool stuff. There's food options. And uh, other stuff like that. Um, everything seems to be re- very reasonably priced. The burgers and fries are like eight bucks, and you can get mixed drinks for under ten bucks, which is pretty crazy for a resort in Orlando. And I believe the rooms start at eighty-four dollars a night if you uh, hit that minimum uh, stay of like what, like four days or something like that. You can which get- is just—I mean—that's just stupid. How low that price is? Yeah, <laughs> it's insane to me. How cheap, well, affordable, let's say, how yeah. affordable this resort is. It's it's bananas. Yeah. I wonder what, so so what, is, what would be like a standard, like one night room price? Because you said the $84 was four nights? Yeah. So I think it's going to be like in the low hundreds, like 130, 120. 
which is so still I'm looking reasonable at it right, I think. right now. Um, a two bedroom suite is anywhere between two hundred and twenty one to two hundred and forty six a night. Um, and again, that's for a two bedroom suite. They go as low as eighty five, depending upon uh, how many uh, beds and stuff in the season. Um, but yeah, the, that's the range, and that's not just a range of you know pool view versus parking lot view. That is that two twenty. That's a standard room. Uh, but again, two bedrooms that that sleeps six people. That's if you tried to get that at Disney, you would be you'd be in the <laughs> double price range, <laughs> double that. Well, what buying a getting a uh, getting a two bedroom villa at Old Key West off the rack is like eleven hundred. Yeah, give or take. Honestly, this is one of the most interesting stories in Orlando to me right now. Just as a local, um, I'm just really interested in like not just Disney, not just Universal, but like how these companies affect us as an economy. And I look at this resort, and I really, really believe that it's kind of going to mess up iDrive. In a good way, in a bad way, I don't know. But I don't know how there can be hotels on iDrive that charge, let's say, 150 200 for, you know, a studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's just going to be Universal coming in here for 221 for a two-bedroom suite. If I had a family of four, there it would be irresponsible of me to do anything else other than these rooms. <laughs> Yeah, so I have a our reservation pulled up that I made in April um for Halloween Horror Nights and we're staying October 2nd through Monday, October 7th and we have the reduced rate. So our reduced rate is $163 a night for all nights except for one night because it's the uh uh Friday Saturday night no, mm-hmm. Saturday Sunday. Um, uh, okay. which is 183. So we're on average paying like 170 bucks a night for a two bedroom suite. Which oh I mean, gosh. it's it's not the size of Old Key. It's not the size of Old Key West. You know, it can sleep. It can sleep very few people. Um, you know, the Old Key. You know, there's only one bathroom. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, the Disney Dish uh, had an interesting thing of like how the the bedrooms are very economical in that. They're very well laid out. They have like hooks underneath things to hang bags. Um, oh, instead of having a door, yeah, they have um, sliding um, barriers instead of doors for closets and stuff like that. So it's very small. So Len actually said he had um, some he had uh, some qualms and some co- um, compliments. He said the co- compliments are that they're well the the rooms are really nice looking. They're well appointed. And they're very uh, well designed. Um, his comp, and he also says that it's probably the best rooms that they've ever tested for sound insulation. Wow! So hmm. that's an interesting one because Jeff, you know how the unofficial guide tests for room noise, right? I, I am yes, I, I <laughs> extensively studied it too. Do you know, um, Danny? So, do you so know there, how- there will be? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I don't. Please. Okay. Please enlighten me. I I am so fascinated. So re- pick up the unofficial guide to read it. But they what they do is they uh, they take during the middle of the day, so they're not bothering anyone. They take a portable stereo and put it outside of the room and blast the Who's <laughs> Baba O'Reilly and measure the sound in the room. Oh my gosh, that's the most lentested thing I've ever heard of. So there yeah. will be an opportunity for many endless summers because the rooms are so well uh, acquainted with the, the noise control. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, our our total with tax for 
that um for that set for that six day night stay no five night stay in the two bedroom pool view is eight hundred and fifty six dollars which we're going to be splitting between four people wow that's pretty nice yeah and um and what's also and you know what's also really nice about it real quick is also that um you know you, you have that separate bedroom so it's not like a lot of them where you have a sliding door or whatever, it's an actual separate bedroom, which I kind of mm-hmm. like better than the Cabana Bay um, rooms because of that. Oh, it's interesting you say that because I'm staying at Cabana Bay um, a month before you. Uh, we're doing Horror Nights opening weekend, and we have a room at Cabana Bay. A bunch of our friends, mm-hmm. kind of like what you're doing, we, we split with a bunch of people. Um, and I've never set foot in Cabana Bay, so I'm doing the site. On what? The site, so I'm excited. <laughs> oh, oh, you're in for a treat <laughs> at Cabana Bay. Yeah, so Cabana Bay, uh, they have. Make sure you get a drink at the uh, at the uh, lobby bar because they have a lobby bar there called the Swizzle Lounge, and it is wonderful. Okay, I am putting on the list. Yeah, you're gonna want to. You're gonna want to go to the uh, the Lazy River. You're gonna want to do. Swizzle Lounge, you're going to want to enjoy those rooms because, man, that place is awesome. Yeah, the the game plan is Friday night we open up Horror Nights. Um, we enjoy a handful or a couple of handfuls of beverages so yeah. that the next day we can work them off in the Lazy River and just relax before we go back <laughs> to Horror Nights to do it all over again. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. <laughs> um, what One thing that uh, is not included with, this, uh, with the Endless Summer Resorts, which they're now calling Prime Value. No, no, it's called something else there's like prime value and value prime value is cabana and aventura this is just value is you can't pool hop so oh with all the resorts except for these you can pool hop so if you want to go from cabana bay to hard rock or hard rock to cabana bay or aventura to you know royal pacific or portofino you can do that with your key card so but but for this, they're locking you down. Which, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. For you have pr- to take a bus to get there anyway. So, yeah. well, a you have to take a bus, but also b the price point and c there's so many people they're going to be adding on site that it's just not yeah. you know it doesn't make sense for them to offer that as an option. Um, but talking about horror nights, we have a new original house announcement for Halloween Horror Nights 29. It's Yeti Terror of the Yukon. <laughs> Jeff, is this it's the first? Just, it's just going to be a bunch of disco lights. Yes. <laughs> Jeff, have you heard of this house yet? Uh, no, but I can just I can just see just them trolling Disney a hundred percent by just having strobe lights everywhere. They already I mean, res- they already do. So it's <laughs> they already responded on Twitter. Really they already yeah, responded that, on Twitter. See, oh god, if if I was if I was designing or planning this house, the first thing I would say is I don't care what else is in this house. At the end, at the very end of this house, you will have a Yeti and there will be strobe lights. And that's it. <laughs> because my God, that is that is the easiest troll job in the world. They they already uh, responded on Twitter by saying to someone, at least the, our Yeti will work. So <laughs> I think they are fully aware of this. <laughs> oh, mysteries of the Yeti. Yep. So the official description is this house will transport guests to an isolated logging camp in a remote part of Canada that's all but un- uninhabitable. As they venture through the camp, they will quickly discover they are not alone and now must flee from a tribe of Yeti, beasts as brutal as the winter. So there you go. Mm. Which may also make it the cold house this year, which is always a I, much needed mm. treat for Horror Nights. I was just going to say, the, the, my number one 
thing I'm excited about is just I get to cool off because even though it's October, it still gets really hot here. So I, I'm looking forward to that little bit of reprieve. What? Uh, uh, when was the last time they did a cold house? I don't remember. Maybe Shady Brook is the closest one, when 25. That's the only one I can think of. And then the year after that, they had uh, um, Lightning Gulch, a uh, ghost town, which had rain in it. It wasn't cold. It was just rain. Hmm. So, yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I don't know. I'm not sure if you know this, Jeff. Um but I've talked about this before with Joe, that I am a Horror Nights newbie. Uh, this previous year was the first year I've ever been to Horror Nights. I'm just right. a bit... I mean, up until this point, I was just terrified, and I didn't like the idea. I was like, that doesn't sound fun. Being scared by people, actual people, doesn't sound fun. A horror movie I loved, but like everything else sounded like too much for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, my girlfriend and my whole group of friends just peer pressured me for 12 months straight <laughs> and and it worked because i finally went and now i'm an addict now i'm on the choo-choo train of like the hype and trying to like look at every single thing i can find for like leaked houses and joe i'm not sure if we want to move on yet but there was an image that was uh accidentally posted yeah we can talk about it um yeah so i think what was you there was a Facebook page or something online that seemed to be that it came from official Universal, but maybe like someone trolled their website or something. And it looked like a pretty convincing image of Ghostbusters, like a promo image of using a Ghostbusters house. And I will wait three hours for that. I may not wait three hours to ride Hagrid, but I will wait three hours <laughs> for a Ghostbusters house. Well, I mean, it's happening this year, so it's going to oh, we're just waiting it- for it. I mean, if they had like a like a gigantic budget just for that house, I mean, the possibilities of that house are just like, imagine if you got your own pack. Oh, like, my gosh. Like, <laughs> like they, had, they had like holograms and they had like whatever the hell else effects that, you know, ghosts going through the walls and shit like that. And then you can like you can use your pack to shoot them. And cause that whole, oh my god, like, like everyone would orgasm. <laughs> it would be ridiculous. Like, imagine, just imagine the possibilities of that. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. I wonder where they, like, where the setting would be of a Ghostbusters house. Like, I'd make sure that, that uh, at, at least at the end, they take us through the, the hotel from the 1984 version. Or not the hotel, the apartment complex where Sigourney Weaver was. Yes. That would be cool. And you can meet like Slimer and you can go through like the, the, the top of the roof or whatever. That'd be cool. Well, it looks like that might be happening because the, the leaked image, uh, if memory serves, is the four Ghostbusters with um, proton packs shooting, um, obviously, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And that <laughs> scene takes place on top of that. Oh, wait. Is it that same building? Yeah, it's that same yeah, building. Yeah. On top, yeah, on top of the building, yeah. Yeah, so that would lead me to believe that that's probably what we should be expecting. He. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. I am very, very excited for this. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Uh, there are three houses this year that I think are going to be like basically make this event a must need for like Express or something, and Ghostbusters is one of them. So I think it's going to definitely bring in people like crazy, like crazy, crazy, crazy. So what are the what are the uh, other headliner houses so far? Because there's Stranger Things, there's Killer Clowns, right? And then they, Ghostbusters, or they, Ghostbusters hasn't been announced yet. Ghostbusters and Killer Clowns have not been announced yet. 
So oh, those, the only IP was Stranger Things. Okay. Stranger Things and uh, the Universal Monsters. Oh right. yes, yes, yes. Very true. Mm-hmm. And they count the <laughs> they count the monsters. Wait, not, not the not the Dark Universe House. Yeah. Didn't call it the Dark Universe House. <laughs> ne- never forget the Dark Universe. We hardly knew ye. Yeah, really. Poor, poor it's one just going to be Tom Universe. Cruise running around begging you for work. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just gonna, the house you walk in, well, and it's more just likely Russell Crowe or whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's just the house is just going to be you like walking into a dark room, and they just show that image of them all like standing around, and that's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh god. Uh, here's a here's a lot of well dressed people in chairs. Yeah, because this really makes me want to go see movies now. Well, yeah, because I mean, speaking of movies, they have the the remake or not the remake, the sequel to Ghostbusters coming out next summer with Paul Rudd, no less. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that just seems like a great way to to promo the movie for next year. And then depending on how confident they feel about the movie, heck, do pull a Stranger Things and then do the sequel house next year. <laughs> will they will they dare call it Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> I don't know. Kids are young. There's a kid born every day that doesn't know what that movie is. I mean, so. they, they, called the, they called the remake Ghostbusters, which was... Which was bold. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, call it, you know, Ghostbusters are back or, you know, Ghostbusters return or, you know, new Ghostbusters or something like that. But they they literally just called it Ghostbusters. That, go- that was bold. Two ghosts, I mean, two bust. Like, yeah, right. Was, was like, <laughs> it's like calling Force Awakens Star Wars. <laughs> like, like that's that's really bold. Like doing something like that. Like that. That's that's the part that really got me about that that movie when it was first. I'm like, but it, it, but but it's different. Like it's not it's not the same Ghostbusters, but they're calling it Ghostbusters again. That that I mean that you can tell that really confused the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Jeff, you it's all about that brand recognition, baby. That's. <laughs> <laughs> they just I mean, want just, it to be have, as simple and Ghostbusters, as long as you have the word Ghostbusters in the title, mm-hmm. like and 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 you have Slimer somewhere on the poster, like that's the name recognition. But call it, you know, Ghostbusters Return, or you know, New Ghostbusters, or you know, uh, some Ghostbusters Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Ghostbusters Electric Boogaloo, or something. What like happens that. Like, if it's Ghostbusters, but it's the animated show that was had nothing to do with Ghostbusters? And it was like the two words. Oh, Remember I that? that? Show. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the totally then, random, not related one. <laughs> and I think the uh, that would be the that would be the uh, Ghostbusters universe equivalent of uh, crossing the streams, and then everyone just dies and gets atomized. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the uh, unofficial Doctor Who movies with uh, Peter Cushing, right? <laughs> oh man, I'm rewatching Doctor Who now, or at least the good episodes. Yeah. Oh, alrighty then. So one last news bit before we get into Hagrid. Um, Big Fire has officially opened at CityWalk Orlando. The two-story venue will feature natural design elements and mix of uh, and match fabrics, seating, cast iron, twinkling lights, and camp lanterns, and even a canoe suspended from the overhead uh, rafters. Um, The the menu looks interesting and is way cheaper than I actually expected. Um, Most of the uh, highlights. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now, but as I'm talking about it and pulling it up, Danny, you went, didn't you? That I did. Um, You know, I had a very magical day at Universal Orlando last week because on a whim, we'll we'll get to more of it later, but like on a whim, uh, I was at home and the power just went out 
and it was about 3 p.m. in Orlando. So you can imagine what 3 p.m. with the power out in Orlando would feel like. So my girlfriend and I were like, well, we're not, not going to here. So I guess if we're going to hang out in the heat, we'll go hang out at Universal and hoping for Hagrid. So we obviously rode Hagrid, but on the way out, we walked by Big Fire and Big Fire was open and we looked at each other and went, all right, I guess we're doing this. Um, we really, really enjoyed it. Uh, we didn't do a full-blown dinner. We just didn't have the time to like sit down for that entire, uh, you know, however long dinner would take. But we did go in for some drinks and some appetizers. The layout, from what I remember of emeralds is like <laughs> it's like it's identical it is the same at least in broad strokes same layout but the decor looks so wildly different that i think it's a glow up man like it it's very cozy i guess is a good way to put it again it's orlando so i'm sweating right now just thinking about the heat um <laughs> So the, the, so the flannel and so yeah so <laughs> flannel fireplaces and uh, lanterns aren't really something that'll interest you yeah that was a choice uh, that I was a little surprised by like just really honing in on all of that but as far as the food goes I really enjoyed it yeah so you got the Brussels sprouts and what else hey hang tight one sec oh okay do 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 so Jeff. Um, the menu. Yes. So the menu uh, off the so they have uh, various entrees and stuff. The big one is their off the embers, and that's stuff that's grilled over their signature wood blend. Blah 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 stuff like that. You know. Mm-hmm. So that for the trout is twenty bucks. Wild salmon is twenty three dollars. The lamb chops. Sorry about that. No worries. I'm just going over the menu for him. Uh, the lamb chops okay, are thirty nine. Uh, pork chops are twenty three bucks, and a top sirloin six ounce is twenty two bucks. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's a very fair price. It's actually very I mean, comparable to uh, excuse me stuff I you mean, can find on iDrive. Yeah, I mean for the location, those prices are pretty fair. Yeah, their signature bison burger is sixteen bucks, and that includes uh, fries for a side. I or, love, or you- I love bison burgers. Yeah, there you go. A couple times, but I love bison burgers when it's available. Yep. Uh, so, what, what, so Danny, what'd you have? Um, so we had the roasted Brussels sprouts and the bread, the heart, sorry, the hearth oven baked bread. Um, <laughs> we'll have the free bread, please. Yeah. We're well, done. no, it's, it's, it might as well be free. It's $4. Like, it's so funny because one of our favorite restaurants at Disney is, um, Ale and Compass over at the Yacht Club. Mm-hmm. And they have, uh, Parker house rolls with, with some dips that are absolutely incredible, but an order of it is $12 for bread and dips. <laughs> Jesus. So I know. So when we, we sat down and we saw that there was bread, we kind of looked at each other like, Oh, we do love a good, like fancy bread. And then we looked at the price and it said $4. And by the time I could even finish reading it, she had ordered the bread. <laughs> it's, it's like, is this four, is it $4 for one slice? Like- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, like a, it's like a half a loaf. I would probably say, yeah. um, of, of cut up bread and it comes with an unsalted butter, a whipped herb butter, and then a peach marmalade. And man, oh man, like I think it's worth it just to go get a drink and get that bread. <laughs> like yeah, seriously. that was really, really good. Um, the Brussels were good. The only problem with the Brussels that we had was that they were cold, a little cold. I can imagine that if they were, you know, hot off the char grill, then they would be amazing. But they were, they were solid when cold. Yeah, and you and you were also there during previews, so like, that's kind of their thing. Is like, yeah, yeah shit happens, kind of in a way, you know. 
<clears throat> yeah, I didn't even realize the day that we went was only their second day open. So as soon as we heard that, we're like, oh, yeah, you know, if all else fails, we had one appetizer come out a little chilly. Like, it could have been so much worse. So whatever. Yeah. Um, for the cocktails, I got a glass of their own blend of Woodford Reserve. Um, I did it neat. So mm-hmm. any whiskey people out there, Joe, I know that you care. <laughs> um it was great. I mean, I love Woodford. I'm drinking it right now, but um, it was just as smooth as Woodford should be, but it did just have its enough of its own spin on it where I went, yeah, this is something that I would want to come back and grab. I'm trying to find what she had. She had some gin drink, some sort of like, it said like something refresher or something. And man, that was a really well-crafted cocktail. I'll try to find the name of it for you. So, Jeff, for the sides, uh, they have crispy smashed potatoes, a house salad, french fries, a grilled vegetables, uh, potato salad, coleslaw, au gratin potatoes, and, Jeff, I think that you'll be interested in this, pork belly mac and cheese. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. We came very close to the pork belly mac and cheese. <laughs> um, but, yeah, everything sounds really good, and I'm excited to try it. Um, two of the interesting things on the menu that stick out to me are the cauliflower steak. So it's a giant slice of a cauliflower, but they grill it like a steak, and it's their vegetarian option, which, you know, it's better than the pasta with veggies, right? Um, The other one is the salmon BLTA. So it's jalapeno bacon, lettuce, tomato jam, and avocado uh, salmon burger kind of sandwich thing. Oh. Hmm. So I think both of those sound pretty good. So... Yeah, all the food that we saw getting because, you know, we were at the bar and we sat next to a bunch of people. It's pretty busy. And we saw a bunch of food come out and it all looked really, really good. And like you said, for the prices, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of um, of Endless Summer where I go, man, you're getting a pretty solid product <laughs> at a fair and reasonable price for theme parks, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, the drink was the Rosemary Salty Dog, which is Wheatley Vodka Grapefruit Juice rosemary and smoked salt and to me it tasted like summer in a glass but yeah. i'm very sensitive to sweet drinks so it didn't taste like a like a hurricane or like i don't know if you go to a like a salty dog or if you go to like a was it the, the frog place that's always in like cancun I, you always get like these big yeah. drinks that are basically just nothing but fruit juice and then they dump some liquor in it it was not that it was summer but it was so subtly sweet and it was amazing i loved it that sounds delicious. Oh, it man. really, really is. I'm um, going to make one right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> oh, man. So I've uh, time to stop beating around the bush. It's, it's time to actually talk about what we're here all here to discuss. Hagrid's Magical, cre- ma- magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. There we go. You know, eventually I'm going to actually get Crushing this it. down. Yeah. Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. Let's be honest. That's what they want us to call it anyways. Um, uh, Hagrid's Magical (laughs) Utility Crash. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, On day one, it was that. But on day two, it was perfect. Yeah, well, day day two for overall. But we'll we'll get into that in a second. So I think the best way to put it is like kind of our cue experiences to begin with. Because of how how it's like been the main discussion for a while is just how long the lines have been and delayed openings and stuff of that nature. Um, Jeff, do you want to describe how uh, the queue was day one for us? We we went on June fourteenth. Just our waiting experience. Yeah, 
Friday, June 14th, the day after opening. Yes. So the day after opening, uh, we get uh, we get to the valet entrance at City Walk at around 6.15 a.m., uh, having heard that they were going to open the security gates slash parking lot at around 6.30. So we get there at 6.15, and they're like, yeah, we're not open yet. So we're like, okay. Uh, we wait with this, we wait with this guy. I think his name, was his name Kyle, Joe? I think it was Kyle, something like that, yeah. Okay, so, so imagine, so, you know, there's just one guy there. His name's Kyle, you know, and he's, uh, you know, he's in shorts, he's in t-shirt, he's in, he's in theme park mode. We wait there for 15 minutes. He's the only guy there. We start sort of striking up a banter with him. Uh, finally, they listen at 6:30. Uh, luckily, because we went through the valet entrance, we are far, far ahead of the people who came through the main parking lot. So we were able to get in line first. Um, and after about, I want to say, 45 minutes of waiting, so that takes us to 7:15 uh, at the Islands of Adventure gate. Uh, they, uh, the the person who's like the MC who's carrying around a microphone and and announcing, you know, bits of news. Uh, finally says that Hagrid is going to have a delayed opening. <laughs> um, so Joe, um, through his magical network of contacts, learns that I guess there was a there was a power outage the previous morning, which caused a lot of a lot of the systems to go down. Plus, the the first day it was open that Thursday, Hagrid's was open until like eleven thirty midnight. So they really didn't have enough time to test the ride overnight. So, so you know, obviously, yeah, delayed opening. So they open the, they finally open the park um, at around eight fifteen ish. I want to say when the park was advertised to open at nine. Um, they then let us through the entrance and through a very, 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 very well organized wall of team members. A <laughs> They funneled the entire, like, and they had, they had, not only did they have every turnstile open when they opened the park, but they, they put in four makeshift turnstiles at the oh gate in the middle. Right. So the, so we're, we're, we're at full capacity here at the admission turnstiles. They, they then successfully funnel all of those people by the time you get to the end of port of entry into a single file line. Wow. Wow. The team members successfully did that. Okay. So that was really impressive. So the, the, the poor, the, the poor girl who hold, who held the Hagrid's magical motorbike adventure line starts here. Sign um, <laughs> was in front of the, was in front of the wait times board in between port of entry and Marvel superhero Island. So that is where the line started. That's where they snaked the uh, single file line through. We then went. We then took a right, and we we hugged the we hugged the uh, inland sea there. Um, went through Seuss Landing. Thanked thanked the Lord God that we did not have to wait in Seuss Landing for any <laughs> yeah. extended period of time because my God that soundtrack. Um, and that's sun. As, as great as it is, as great as it is, you do not want to be sitting on a bench in Seuss Landing for any extended <laughs> period of time. Let's just say that. Um, snaked us through Lost Continent, uh, went by Mythos, and then we went into the Poseidon's Fury extended queue. 
Um, we got to see the Poseidon's Fury Extended queue for the first time ever. We're pretty sure we're, we're the first people to ever see the Extended queue. <laughs> um, they then took us all the way backstage behind Poseidon, past the, past the uh, transportation bus lanes of everyone. I mean, Islands of Adventure, the backstage is very similar to Epcot, where you have like a series of roads that... The, the the team members will be driving in case they have to drop anything off. You know the the roads uh, circumnavigate the outside of the the park proper. Uh, we went through those. We went past all the very nice you know casting trailers and and whatever else. You know people drinking coffee and wondering why there are guests wandering through the backstage area and then remembering why. It was pretty funny. Um, and then we got taken through. Uh, we went back on stage uh, next to the Sinbad Theater, and we saw that inside the Sinbad Theater, they actually had extended queue for Hagrid's inside the Sinbad Theater. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so another highlight of, of waiting in line. We, they are we, using the whole buffalo here. <laughs> yes, yes. We used all the parts of the buffalo. We squeezed the lemon, whatever movie cliche <laughs> you want to use. Thank you, Brad Bird, for that. Um, we then went through the entire extended queue of Sinbad, which I think nobody has seen before either. Um, the, the main highlight was um, by the time we had gone through the extended queue of Sinbad, we had passed maybe four or five beer carts, open beer carts. Let me let me let me uh, uh, mention there on the good way. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Universal. Have some Heineken. Um, <laughs> So then we went through the Sinbad entrance, and then once we got to the fountain, that's where we stopped. Now, we were only about a couple hundred people from the front of the line. So from there, we would have been broken up to go into Hogsmeade, and then we, were, we would have been held outside the, uh, outside the, you know, the entrance of the attraction. So we were only a couple hundred people back from the front of the line. So we were stopped right at the fountain. Um, so we were, you know, we knew that there was going to be a delayed opening. So by this time it was like eight thirty, eight forty. So we know, we knew we were going to be there for at least a half hour. Um, they decided to turn on the, uh, uh, sound effects, the gurgling sound effects in the fountain, which we thought we would have to listen to for an hour or more. Um, but just at nine o'clock, they, uh, the fountain came to life and, uh, we were treated to a very interesting couple hours of talking to the fountain and having the fountain <laughs> spray two children and then being told that the fountain can never spray children again. It, <laughs> like <laughs> shot them like dead in the face with the water blast with mouth, with oh the kids, with the kids so, mouths yeah, open. So, so the fountain <laughs> yeah, literally blasted these poor kids, like totally unsuspecting just blasted them right in the face and then obviously the fountain supervisor had a talk with this with the fountain and was <laughs> was and was forbidden from squirting people ever again because he refused to uh <laughs> to squirt anything um, i love that the sentence the fountain has a supervisor exists <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, he did, he did graduate from FSU, Fountain State. It, it is online accredited. Um, so, and that was like that was his first joke, and it was his best joke. He blew his best joke right off the bat. So, um, <laughs> uh, poor comedic time in there. But anyway, um, so we waited and we waited and we waited, and Joe was getting updates from his from his underground network. 
um, saying that, you know, the, the ride probably wasn't going to open until 11. So we were there next to the fountain for about two hours. Um, we, uh, you know, struck up a conversation with Kyle who, you know, was just there chilling. So, you know, it was, it was, us and Kyle, like we were, we were sort of been through the wars together of you know going through the the, the CityWalk Valley entrance together, like <laughs> like like Vikings, you know, uh, uh, discovering Greenland or something. Um, and eventually, uh, so by this point, we had been waiting for around four and a half hours. Um, eventually, obviously, you know, they they started letting people in to Hogsmeade, and then we were finally at around 12.30-ish? No, around 12.30 is when we got on the ride, right, Joe? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so around 11.30, around 11.30, they finally let us into Hogsmeade, and then they finally let us into the queue area. So we got to see the queue area. Uh, do you want me to continue with the first day story, or do you want to talk about the queue area? area first joe oh let's let's just talk about the first day because of how crazy it is and then we'll go into um the queue and the ride itself and then we'll talk about our other experiences and danny's experience so so we are now um we are now at uh we've now been waiting in line for about five hours a little over five hours um we finally get into the queue area we go through the entire queue area, which it's the former Dueling Dragons queue area, so there's a lot of that queue area. Um, and then uh, go through the pre-show, which they decided to load people in the middle of the pre-show, which is a bad habit of theirs. Um, they We went through the entire line. We went into the room. Uh, it's like the second-to-last ante-room where Hagrid has his... Um, his cages for his scroots and uh, pixies and things like that. And then that's where we stopped. Obsessively, uh, uh, the front of the line was now at the load area. So that's where we stopped. Unfortunately, the ride still wasn't open. They were testing it um, and testing it and testing it and testing it. And it would go down. And we would hear announcements that the, that the ride was down from the, from the lovely British woman. Um, and the... And we kept waiting and waiting and waiting. We waited about another forty-five minutes, give or take. Um, it's 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 it started to get a little awkward because like every, like everyone started going to the bathroom at the same time. It was <laughs> odd. like like two people went in the first like half hour, and then everyone decided to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so we just had like half of our half of the anteroom that we were in just left for the bathroom at the same time. And of course, before they came back was when the, the ride started up and, and everyone like, <laughs> had to like fight to see where their family was. It was awkward. Um, anyway, then we slowly but surely made our way to the final anteroom, which is the room where you see the, the bikes um, overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, we very, very slowly made our way through that room Um Oh, I oh I forgot we were joined by Joe's other friend. I forget his name. Sorry, Jake. Jake. Jake mm-hmm. joined us while while we were still waiting at the fountain. So we were we were waiting with him. Um, we finally, 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 little by little by little by little by little, finally got to the load area. <laughs> and oh my God, we're, we're finally on the ride, and it's been six hours. And holy hell, this is great because we're on the ride, and it's so great, and this is great, and it's awesome. And uh, everyone's whooping it up, and oh, we're so glad. And you know, Joe's in his Joe's in the motorbike, and I'm in the sidecar, and and we're you know we're conquering the world right now. 
Um, so rides going and it's great, and and we get to Fluffy and 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 the the ride stops. Oh no! Um, so we're like, well, damn. Well, you know, halfway through the ride, you know, it was nice, this good. You know, we're you know we're waiting in the hot sun for you know solid ten minutes. It was pretty long. Um, finally, the ride starts back up again. We go through the, we go through the rest of the ride. Uh, not all of the effects were working. I don't think that first time when we went through. No. So uh, we go back. Uh, we go back to the unload station, and of course, all the team members are like, "Yes, of course, you're going back on." So we're gonna put you right back at the load station. So we're like, "Oh, cool! We get to go on again." Like, like we waited six hours to go on once, but now we're going on twice, and that's even better. That's really cool because not not everyone's been able to go on this twice yet. So this that that's really cool. So we go back in line. We go back to the the load area, and and we get back on the ride. Um, and we're going and rowing, and oh, this is so cool because we're going to conquer the ride again. And we get to Hagrid's hut, and the ride shuts down again. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is in a span of what, like 15 minutes? <laughs> yes. So, oh, no. so there we are at Hagrid's hut, just waiting again for another solid 10 minutes. Um, Joe, do you want to mention the kind of dialogue that was being had at Hagrid's hut, or do you want to just skip that and never mention it? Uh, let's just skip it and never mention it. We'll just skip it. So, so <laughs> There was there were some frustrated individuals in that car we were on, but but you know me and Joe and Kyle and everyone and Jake and everyone we we were very optimistic because we were on Hagrid twice now and not many people have been able to do that. Um, so finally the ride starts back up and unfortunately this time uh, this time the audio wasn't syncing so we did not get audio in the car for the rest of the ride. Um, even though all the effects were working, Hagrid was not talking to us and that made us very lonely. Um, so I'm looking I, forward to the end of the story where you say, you know, not a lot of people have been able to say that they've ridden this attraction 32 times in <laughs> hour, but <laughs> it was actually 31 times. <laughs> um, so we finally get back to the load area and, you know, uh, so of course the team members are like, yeah, of course you're going back on. So we're like, oh, that's cool. We're going to go on three times. Yeah. Not, you know, nobody's been on three times to Hagrid. Not one person in the entire world has been on Hagrid three times. I could, I will bet my life on it. So go back in line. By this time, it's becoming a running joke. Obviously, um, Jake had to Jake had to leave because I think he had a lunch to go to. Yes. So um, Kyle, our good friend Kyle, who has been our good humored friend throughout this whole time, he is joined by a single rider. Um, who you know it randomly is thrown into this into this chaos. Um, we get on the ride again, and and we're like, okay, it's third time, third time. We're gonna conquer it this time. So going through the whole ride, everything's working perfectly. All the effects are working perfectly. It's doing doing really well. Going through to the Forbidden Forest area, went to went to the drop, and the ride broke down again. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever mm. was going on with this utility disaster that happened the day before, it just it just wasn't doing it for for this ride. I mean, the poor. I really felt bad for the 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 team members who were working on the ride because my God, it was just every every five minutes the ride was breaking down for an extended you know period of time. So this time we waited. I want to say about let's say two minutes, two three minutes, and yeah, then we very very short. 
Right. So <laughs> at that point, Kyle, bless his heart, he said, I'm going on for a fourth time. Joe and I were like, well, I, I think we get the I get, I think we get the picture by now. It's, it's also like time. one o'clock and we haven't eaten <laughs> at all. <laughs> and it was it was it was getting to the, it was getting to that time where it was like, you know, it's it's like, you know, you have a you, you go to like a rock concert and then you go to the after party and the after party lasts until 5 a.m. That feeling you have at 5 a.m. That's how Joe and I were feeling at that point. <laughs> We were just we were just pretty much done. Yeah, so, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, so but we were on it three times. I mean, we got you know we were able to map the entire attraction, piecing it together, piece by piece. So so we were good. You know, we were satisfied. Um. So then we so then we left and went to um, to, uh, Thunder Falls for lunch. Um. And while at Thunder Falls, do you want to mention what happened at Thunder Falls, Joe? I had like a a, a FaceTime interview, and I was on like the Fox Thirty Five News. Because thanks, really? to, yeah, thanks to Seth Kaberski for hooking that one up. I thought it was gonna be like, oh a, my God. I thought it was gonna be like a phone interview, and then they like I, they turn on the FaceTime and it's like the camera's pointing at me, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I can't hear anything here. I can bear like it. I'm in the middle of Thunderfalls Terrace. Well, I am a sweaty, well, greasy mess. So so like we're in a, we're it's Friday in the middle of summer. Uh, Hagrid just opened, so the park is like double is like double the attendance as it usually is. So you can you can imagine how packed Thunder Falls is at, the, is at one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Joe had to do a a FaceTime interview with News Thirty Five <laughs> in, the, in the middle of all this chaos. So wait, so hold on, I'm trying to understand the mechanics of this. So you're FaceTiming in the in the restaurant, and they on their end are filming a phone that's FaceTiming you. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> so you should. That's I mean, it's on, amazing. On, uh, that that was a that was a running punchline for us for the next few days. Um, the fact that Joe looked like I don't know. Have you have Stay you Puff Marshall man? <laughs> oh, have you have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Uh, yes, I am quite a fan. Okay, um, so one of the chapters is called um, Revenge of the Giant Face. And Joe was the Revenge of the Giant face that day. Um, so that was, and that that literally was what it looked like when um, when the uh, when the, the oh, what's her name from Inglorious Bastards? Um, she um, lights up the theater. Elsie, something like that. Her name, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Shoshana. Shoshana, uh, yeah, Shoshana was. Uh, was you know on the on the, the on the big screen like her face was on the the giant movie theater that that that's what Joe's face looked like um, when we when we saw the news later on um, but Joe had his little fifteen minutes there he um, as as you know as 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 the uh, the news like to do they uh, um, exaggerated a little bit on <laughs> on. on Joe's uh, of the experience because I was there for the entire interview and Joe was very very fair to not only Universal but to the the maintenance team the Universal team members uh, the fact that we got uh, bottled water free bottled water in line while we were waiting um, when when Hagrid broke down um, they gave us free bottled water and pretty much as much of it as we wanted um, they had drink stations around the around the queue area Joe was very fair to them throughout that interview but of course. Uh, when it made it to the news, they 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 uh, exaggerated a little bit to to make it seem like oh theme park fans are going crazy because they have to wait six hours for Hagrid. So 
unfortunate there, but you know, if it, local if it, podcast host Joe of Parkscope.com claims that Universal will never get his business ever again because he received free water. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a YouTube video. Joe Matt destroys Universal. <laughs> destroys Universal in verbal rant. Um, so that was our experience in day one, and then day two, we did pretty much the same thing, uh, except we were joined by uh, Andrew Hyde along along with um, some other friends. Um, we so from the in the loop Andrew guys. Hyde, yes, so and so Andrew picked us up. So we went into the parking lot this time. So we didn't get, you know, we 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 were five minutes behind the uh, the, the people who smartly went to the valet lane. Um, but we got in the park and, and of course we were on and off the ride by nine Oh three. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's nuts. 100% different experience. Day two was, was just a breeze. It was phenomenal. Um, we, we think that most of that, well, I'm obviously they had the utility disaster the day before, but also because, um, they closed Hagrid's, uh, two hours earlier on Friday than they did on Thursday. So they had that extra two hours to sort of uh, shut the ride down and let it breathe a little bit. And at least for the first, you know, hour that it was open, it made all the difference in the world because it ran it ran smooth 100 percent. All the effects were working, all the audio was working uh, and it was it was a blast. So, yeah, that was our story. (laughs) Well, you, you know, see, now I feel awkward because now. I have to tell you my story, and it's not nearly as uh, heart ringing <laughs> because yours I does start I with a power out. outage, though. That's true. It does start with a power outage, but I left a, a you know a hot home to go to, to go to Universal. And what's funny is, so I, I had said earlier in the show that this past weekend uh, we went to New Orleans for uh, Caitlin's birthday, and. Once we heard like the stories, because I was following you guys on Twitter, like seeing everything happening, Weenie Hut was like tweeting the whole thing. I was just like, I don't know when I'm going to have five hours to do this. I think I'm willing to do five hours, but I don't know when in my schedule I'm going to be able to. Like, for example, that weekend, that Sunday morning, I had to be at work at 8 a.m. for two hours. I had to go in for a meeting. So by 10 a.m., it was not worth it to even try. I'm thinking, well, when am I? even going to be able to give this a go so the the power outage was you know the sign from uh hogwarts i guess uh to go to go ride this ride so we agreed caitlin and i looked at each other we said three hours is our number if throughout the day we see that it hits you know 180 then we go what three hours we think we can handle so we're walking up and the app is saying 180 and we're like this is what we signed up for it's hot at the house let's just do this and we walk up to the queue and it says 120. And we like our jaws dropped. And we were like, immediately, yes, yes, yes. Well, I shouldn't say immediately. Caitlin first then said, let's go get a drink. Then we'll go in line. So, <laughs> so we grab our cocktails. We head in line. And we just started zipping through the outdoor section. And you know, we see a bunch of cars go by. We don't stop walking until we reach... I sent Joe... I sent you a picture. I think we were probably like 10 people... Away away from being inside the castle which at this point is all air conditioning so we waited a total of 10 minutes in the actual florida sun (laughs) and like the moment we walked in we just kept looking at each other like we don't deserve this this is the best outcome we could ever ask for um and we're like two hours we could do two hours in the ac we got this so of course we start a timer on our phone 
a little stopwatch. Just try to see like how long we wait. We make it to so you reference that room where like Hagrid's um, creatures are, like he's got experiments going on and mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. I started to need to go to the bathroom, and I, I was thinking like I don't know how far out we are. I ask a team member, who, and P.S. Every team member that we encountered that day, they were all incredible. So I asked. So there was someone like basically what I'm picturing is going to be the express pass merge point. Um, I asked him, I'm like, hey, I kind of have to go to the bathroom. Like, do you think I should wait and just go after the ride or can I leave now? Like, what do you think? And he goes, you probably have like 30 more minutes before you get on the ride. Um, he may have said a little like 30, 35, something like that. And he said, just go now. Talk to this guy. He'll give you a ticket. So I, they have like just a little roll of tickets like you would get at, a, at an arcade. But they say Wizarding World of Harry Potter on them. I asked the guy, he goes, yeah, I'm going to give you this. Go through the exit. Go to the bathroom. When you come back, come up through the exit. I'll still be here. Just give me that ticket back. Then you're good. Um, so it was super. I was in and out in under five minutes. Like I, I left Caitlin five minutes later. I'm back with her in line. But I was surprised because she actually moved up quite a bit during that time. Um, we entered the Hagrid room where he's above you, like on the motorbike. Which mm-hmm. yes, we'll talk about it. But that room is so freaking cool. <laughs> I adore that room. Yeah, um, but so we're waiting in there. That's the most we waited. I think we probably stood in there for maybe 15 minutes. We just, you know, stand still. We saw a bunch of cars go by that were empty. But then when we got on the ride, literally butts in seats, she pulls out her phone, hits stop on the stopwatch. It is one hour and six minutes. <laughs> From entering the, the archway to butt in seat, one hour and six minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was the smoothest experience. Every effect was working, as far as I'm aware. Um, I didn't ride it four times, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it, it was so easy, so smooth and breezy. And it, what it made me feel like, I, don't, I feel like I don't know enough about theme park operations. I know a decent amount, but not enough to say this definitively. What it felt like to me was that this attraction opened two to three weeks early like that there was a decision made in i don't know december that said we have to be open for the summer season we can't hit memorial day we'll do a couple weeks later june 13th go whereas we went i guess that was what june 25th 24th that we went and it was so smooth most people that we spoke to did not wait over two hours so I look at that and go, as of right now, at least, it seems like they really got their stuff together. Because, man, it was it was easy, breezy, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I told you it was going to be like a 45-minute wait when she got inside. And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then and you rode <laughs> twice, right? No, we, so oh. we tried. What, as, oh. When we realized that it was a little over an hour, we looked at each other like at load. And we said, we have to do it again. If it's another hour and 10 minutes, we will do that in a heartbeat. Because we were already willing to do three. But when we left, we tried going into single rider. And they told us that they closed single rider because it was longer. It was a more long wait than the actual queue. And P.S., <laughs> the actual queue was then back up to 180. So they were saying that single rider had exceeded the three-hour wait of um, standby. And at that point, it was, I don't know, eight o'clock or something at seven thirty, and we're like eh, that's three hours we wouldn't be out till like 11 p.m and we have work in the morning so no thanks um but had single rider not been a three-hour wait we probably would have done it that's crazy nice. <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it, it was it was the smoothest and then we just went to big fire and like everyone on my instagram like i posted that we had waited an hour 
and my phone was blowing up with my friends in town that were just like, I, I, I'm getting in my car. Like, how did you, how did you manage to do that? And meanwhile, I still have locals that are going and I'm seeing them on social media and they're all saying around the same thing, like hour and a half hour, maybe two hours, but I'm not seeing anything all that worse than that. So that's promising. I mean, it, it seemed like once they got that right up to capacity that it would, it would go pretty good. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too shocked that it's, you know, not over two hours. Well, I mean, so I'm not Joe. I'm not on his level of birdies, but I do have <laughs> birdies of my own. We'll call them uh, sparrows. Maybe they aren't those a little smaller than birds. <laughs> they um, are birds. They're all birds. So, well, are birds, but you know, a smaller variant. <laughs> um, I do have some birdies. And what I have been told was they're not at capacity on the trains, meaning like, I think what, what's the number they have 12 or 10 that they can run they're not running all of them simply because not all of them are approved yet they simply don't have the time in the day or the night to run the trains as often as they need to to hit that sweet sweet number so for those listening you ha- like you have to run a, a train a certain amount of times before they're officially approved um for for safety reasons and my understanding is the reason some of these trains aren't yet on the track is less because of operational issues and more because they're not certed yet because they close the ride at, as you said earlier, like 1130, they give it some downtime and then they wake up in the morning and they just try to run the trains as early as they can, but they still have to hit a number. And, you know, I'm assuming that in a month or so we'll be beyond this, but at least from what I hear right now, that's one of the problems that they're experiencing. Well, it could be a lot worse. Hell yeah. could be a lot worse. Very true. So, uh, do you want to go through the queue experience real quick then? Um, I, I, do you want me to go through it? Do you, Danny, do you want to go through it a little bit? Or Jeff, who, do, who wants to go through it, I guess, is the real question. Well, Joe, Joe you, haven't, you haven't given a story yet, so why okay. don't you do it? Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll do my story time then. <laughs> um, so the queue is uh, slightly modified from the Dueling Dragons days. Um, you go up the very familiar ramps. Uh, there's a really great reveal. Like, you can't really see anything, and then you go up this ramp, and just the whole acreage just opens up in front of you, and it's really incredible to see the size and scope of this thing. Um, there's some outdoor areas. Uh, they blasted open a good chunk of the backstage area around Hagrid's hut uh, for the Flight of the Hippogriff queue, and uh, that's now extended queue also. Um, I, I would say, like, if they filled that whole thing up, that extended queue could probably get three hours on, like, a normal day, like, with normal just, operations. Just, just like what Dueling Dragons was supposed to get, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> womp womp. Um, so when you get up to the castle, uh, you used to go straight through and into a room that had a uh, an animated stained glass window when it was Dragon Challenge. Or the tent for the uh, Gobble to Fire Triwizards Tournament. Um, uh, sorry, I was just looking at something. Sorry. Got a, got a text from Derek Bergen. You know how important those are. Um, oh. <laughs> um, then, sure, uh, it's very sassy. Yes, of course. There are lots of uh, misspellings. You know how that is. Uh, <laughs> Did he make sure his text was in landscape? Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to send that to him. No, he made sure it was in landscape. Uh, so then, in, and then um, what happens after that room, uh, you would then take a left, go into a side room, um, which uh, was circular, and that's where they would either have a book or the Goblet of Fire, and then you would go 
down the hallway, basically, right past it. Um, what they did was they inverted this. So now you, they blew out the original room and extended it, and now you make a hard left into the original circle room. And then you walk through, and then you get held there for the pre-show, which is now in the old um, a Goblet of Fire, tent room, whatever. So that's where the pre-show is. So the pre-show is basically Arthur Weasley pimping the ride of Sirius Black's motorbike, and everything goes wrong. They blast you with water. There's a really cool effect with the pixies, like, taking out all the lights. It sounds like, you know, it's uh, like it sounds like air pistols or something like that. So, like, you can yeah, feel yeah. The, the pixies above you. Um, but what's really bizarre about it is that this pre-show feels like it goes on forever. Like, the Gringotts one, you're barely in, you barely can, like, get settled before you're already kicked out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah, feels yeah. like it's even longer than, like, the dinosaur, pre- the dinosaur pre-show or the Tower of Terror pre-show. Like, it is long. Like I, I, I was just there, and so, I'm like, okay, is it going to end now? Is this the ending? Is this the ending? To that point, what's really uh, frustrating to me, Jeff, you had alluded to this earlier. I, I don't know where this problem comes from. I'm not sure if it's just design or, as you said earlier, is it operations? But it's really frustrating how their pre-shows, at least as of late, a lot of people – there's two problems. Number one, if you're the one of the first few people in, you're still missing the beginning of the pre-show. Like there's content that's already been playing, and sometimes it's important. Like when we walked into that room, Arthur and Haggard were already talking, and we're like, wait, what did they say? But then the other problem is if you're one of those first people in, there are other people being brought into the room as the pre-show is happening. So then I couldn't hear Haggard and Arthur – because there's people behind me that don't realize a pre-show is happening. So they're all talking. And it's kind of like a, I'm turning around to be like, can you guys please just lower the volume? But then also turning forward because I don't want to miss anything. It's, it was very confusing. Yeah. Um, and and I, I know Disney does it with the dinosaur pre-show. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. in general, they're pretty good with that kind of stuff. Like the Haunted Mansion starts, you know, it, they, they don't you know start putting people in that halfway through. Um, you know, they don't do Tower that. Terror, like you said. Tower Terror doesn't do that. Um, Rock and Roller Coaster has that built-in buffer room, so it's like, okay. But, yeah, l- like, I this one to. doesn't have that buffer. Um, and I think the problem comes in that they're trying to preload that queue. So they're trying to get as many people on, in through in through there, so when they start accepting people in, like, they're, they have, you know, they're not sending out empty vehicles. So... Mm-hmm. There's only a certain amount of people you can fit in there, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so after the pre-show, you kind of go into a you, – you don't kind of, you do. You go into a room that looks like – it's almost like a kitchen in a way. It has a giant fireplace. It has a tree poking through the wall with all the fairy nests in it. It's, it's really nicely done. Um, the next room is the old uh, ice knight room, which from the Dueling Dragons days had like a giant ice, a knight with, with a horse suspended in ice above the, the guests. So now they've blown out the windows, so it's like letting in light. I'm not sure if it's natural light or fake light. Um, I'm willing to bet it's fake light, but they uh, it's letting in light, and this is where a bunch of eggs are. Um, we walk, You walk past this, you go through some caves, then you reach a room that is the, uh, as Jeff said, the um, kind of uh, Hagrid's, how would you put it, Jeff? Like Hagrid's experiment room, uh, his lab? Lab? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, his his den. 
Yeah, his den. Um, so you're there for a little bit. You wind through. Then you hit another thing of some more caves. Um, most of these caves are very similar laid out to du- Dueling Dragons, except that they've redone the rock work on most of them. Yeah, and they've just taken the skeletons out pretty much. Yeah. Um, then- in, in some of the areas, they still have the same uh, the same cue, uh, cue music and sound effects. Yeah. Yeah, for the I, most part, in the in the like in deep in the caves where it's literally just like the Indiana Jones style, like like uh, rumbling and sort of like water dripping. Mm-hmm. Um, then what, uh, after that, you go through some more caves, and then you hit the old load area, um, the old load and choose thy fate area. Uh, that was blasted out, and that's where the really cool motorbike effect is now, and. This is a room about like eight switchbacks. It holds about a thirty-minute queue, give or take. And this is where you get uh, paired up. This is where I believe merges for Express Single Rider Line. I, I think actually it's just Single Rider Line. I forget. There's like th- this is where merges basically. <laughs> um, and what happens is uh, above you, you get to see there's like this blue light. And there's these shadows that always creep above. And it's either like it's the bike and it's spinning out of control or it's spiders or it's various other things. Um, What's really cool about it is that the lights, that's not an actual projection effect. That's just LED lighting um, that gets turned on and off. So it's if you look at it, you can see some parts of it where you could see like the bloom effect. And it's just it's just lighting. um, Yeah, there's some uh, at least when we were there, there were some cracks in the uh whatever uh tarp or screen they were using the fake so wood you can too. actually see like yeah you can actually see the lights uh past that uh it what it really reminds me of is um i'm not sure if anyone here owns a home pod um but apple makes <laughs> like a smart speaker uh and it actually is what brought me away from the show earlier because i it, it heard me say the command phrase so it started playing oh. music i was very alarmed <laughs> oh no <laughs> um but when you say the "Hey Dingus," I'll just say "Hey Dingus," not the actual phrase. <laughs> when you say "Hey Dingus," the top of it there is a frosted glass in either black or white, depending on your color. And just like you said, if you tear it apart, really all it is is a very simple array of LEDs. But the way that they diffuse it with frosted glass, it looks just like the um, what it looks like when you invoke Siri on your phone. It's very cool, and when you put it at the scale of a full room like that up on a ceiling. Man, it is it is something else. Yeah, super super cool. Um, then uh, you guys get everyone gets not you guys sorry everyone gets paired up. Um, a, a cast oh. member basically asks, well, you know, I, I don't I don't want to gender the term, so <laughs> everyone everyone gets paired up. Um, a, a greeter asks, you know, how many are in your party? You know, they split people up. They say, okay, you're going to be on this bike. Uh, you're going to have a single rider here, and then they remind you that. If you're going to be on the bike, you're going to be on the right. If you want to be on the sidecar, you're on the left. So you then go through a small hallway, you turn, and then you board the ride vehicle. And it's all on a moving platform just like uh, Forbidden Journey or Rip Ride Rocket or the Haunted Mansion or any of the rides like that. And then you you just hop on, you strap in, and then you're ready to go on the ride. Uh, Anything I missed from the queue? Not that I can think of, no. Oh, there. I'm not sure what you guys experienced, but there was a room that I was told about that didn't have air conditioning. And when I went through the queue, every room had air conditioning. So my theory on that, there's a room, 
I think it's right after the pre-show video. Um, and I, there's this one area that's just got like a little yellow doorway, like with yellow light coming out of it. And I like popped my head in there. And as soon as I did, I was blasted by cold air. <laughs> and I realized, oh, these big yellow holes that, that look like lights, they're actually AC vents. And I can feel and hear them. And it is very, very welcome. Yeah, so that room had, was a, so like for an engineer, like for people who, uh, no fluid dynamics and stuff like that room was like a is a was like was positive i believe it was like a positive pressure so everything was exiting the room nothing was entering it if that makes sense so like uh, all the heat uh, of the rest of the queue was going through there and exiting because like the the ductwork wasn't strong enough so they huh. went so what they did was they went and they added a temporary ac vents to that area and that's what that yellow ductwork is and they made it and they and they're pushing cold air in to make it positive interesting so now it's the same it's the same effect of you know when you're walking past uh the uh, king's cross station in in london in Mm -hmm. in universal studios florida and you get that giant blast of cold air yes that's because it has a positive pressure inside and it's pushing everything out so okay i said that wrong so that that main room that was really hot with all the with the dragon eggs had a negative pressure a lower pressure so everything was exiting into it so that's what that was ladies and gentlemen that's why you listen to this show because not (laughs) only do you have fun but you 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 get a lesson as well (laughs) yes exactly so basically that's what was going on so they realized their mistake and now they are fixing it and it's a temporary fix but i'm happy they fixed it yeah it worked yeah um so yeah Yeah. uh, Jeff, do you want to talk about the uh, ride experience, and then we'll interject as we see appropriate? Hmm, okay, so... From what we remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, let me, let me, let me dig back. Um, so, we're going to pick up where Joe left off, which is you get into the ride vehicle from this moving platform. The motorbike itself is on the right, the sidecar is on the left, now they they really raised that. So everyone's been curious about what the difference is between the motorbike and the sidecar, right? Because there's all this talk about, oh, the motorbike is so much higher and can you see everything from the sidecar? Because the sidecar sort of seems like the bitch seat and you know, am I gonna be able to see over everything? So it really is more of the the bike is is way, way elevated above normal. The sidecar is pretty normal from what like a roller coaster car would normally be. So imagine yourself like in whatever, uh, rock and roller coaster, whatever, Big Thunder Mountain. Disney references, people know those. Okay, so (laughs) regular roller coaster car, that's the sidecar. Whereas the bike is elevated above that. So it's it's sort of like its own sort of... um, uh, very cool elevated experience. Um, so going through this, obviously every moving, every moving platform at universal is, is about the length of the West coast of Chile. So you, you're there for about, you know, four and a half minutes, give or take, as you slowly go down the moving platform. Um, the first turn of the ride now the the front half of the car 
the back half hasn't been released from the moving uh, from the moving area yet. So the front half of the car will actually turn into uh, sort of what could be called like Hagrid's Hagrid's outdoor rumpus room. I guess you'd call it. <laughs> yeah. Because because it's literally just it's an outdoor stone courtyard of just Hagrid's Whiskey. throwaway stuff. Whiskey. Like, yeah, right. There's like you know uh, broken wooden cages and just junk. There there's a bunch of junk there in this in this outdoor stone courtyard that you know everyone can 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 look at and marvel at. Um, because if you look to your left, there's nothing but a wall. So you don't want to. <laughs> Um, you want to look to the right where there's actually something to look at. So then you finally get released from the moving platform. Um, you go, you, you continue to turn to the right. So the, the, the Hag- Hagrid Memorial rumpus room is still to your right. And then finally you, uh, you'll hit the first launch. Um, now remind me, is there, there's the one launch and then you go down sort of into, into a sort of valley. Yeah. And then there's, Second launch, right? Yeah. What's really cool about going down that, uh, so you get that first launch and then you go down, but it's not just like a drop. It's like it's slalom, like you're actually like riding down a hill. Like you're kind of like overbanking a left or right a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, which sets the tone really well for the rest of the ride because that doesn't stop. Like, yeah, that is a theme throughout the entire attraction. It's certainly better than the first portion of Expedition Everest. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, <Right>. exactly. <laughs> so, so then you go, then you go through the, you go through the second launch, um, which really, which which really gives you a nice kick. Um, now I don't remember what the what the track section is like here. Is this is this where you go, where you go past the queue, the outdoor queue area? Yes, you kind of. Right? It's like a little bit of bunny hills, and you get a little air time. Bunny hills plus air time. Everyone loves those. Oh yes. Um, so that takes you that takes you to the first show scene, which is the the Hagrid's Hut show scene. So you um, imagine a so this is basically its own turntable, um, very similar to if you're a fan of the old log flume rides. Um, there's there's that species of log flume rides that had that rotating turntable, similar to um, the rapid rides today. So you know, like the 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 whitewater rapid rides, like Popeye and those sort of rides, they have the the turntable in the load area, the giant so one deck, what, right? So that's yeah, sort of yeah. yeah. So that's sort of what Hagrid's hut is is pretty much like. Your your bike enters into this sort of uh, turntable that takes you around, and to your left is Hagrid along with a with his with his favorite little pet, uh, the blast ended Scroot, which. As we know, and this is the most interesting fact that you will know about the entire ride, when the ride and the power to the ride is turned off, the blast ended scroot still farts. <laughs> it's like that a safety pr- it's like a safety pressure release valve just letting off the steam it builds up continuously. So every once in a while I just see go <laughs> Oh my gosh. See, that's the level of attention that uh, attention to detail that Universal really is just stepping their game up with. Yeah, I mean, bravo. Yeah, bravo. That, that is attention to detail, ladies and gentlemen, because this blast ended screwed. He does not stop. Um, well, something, two things about this room that surprised me. Number one is the size of the blast ended screwed because 
uh, for you Harry Potter nerds, or maybe I guess I should say for you non-Harry Potter nerds out there, Blessed and Scrooge were always referred to in the books, but have, we have never seen them in the movies. So visually, they showed us what they would look like, but I'm like, oh, okay, Blessed and Scrooge. We'll probably have, I don't know, a couple of dozen in them of them like in the attraction. But when you make that turn in, he's huge or she's huge. I don't know. That, that thing's big. And it, like, is bigger than Hagrid. <laughs> and that was the first thing that I noticed. And what that means is a giant blast-ended Scroot also blew up half of that the hut. Like, if you look at the hut, when you leave, it's because part of the wall has just been just destroyed from from the hut altogether. It's really cool. And this, I mean, this this Scroot, he, he turns fast. Like, he is very, very fluid in his motions. It's like yeah. a teacup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Seriously, like a farting teacup. That's really very nice. <laughs> um, and of course, the the Hagrid, uh, the Hagrid figure is there, who is pretty phenomenal. Um, he's he's very he's very fluid. He's very you know uh, very precise in his motions. Um, so I was I was really impressed with the Hagrid figure. Um, so so the blast ended Scroot. Uh, you know he blasts you. He gives you a good blast. Um, what what exactly is the smell, Joe? Do you know? Um, it's supposed to be like it's quite a potent smell. Yeah, it's supposed to be like rotten fish or something, but it's not really that. I don't know. <laughs> it's not pleasant. I'll tell no. you that. <laughs> no, it's not pleasant. So it's supposed uh, to be like like semi sweet in a way, and that's how they kind of get away with the rottenness is just kind of making it overly sweet. But I don't know. It just uh, it's just weird. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he so he blasts you. He gives you a nice blast and a nice going away present. Um, <laughs> so that leads you to another launch area, which uh, I believe is this where is this where you go through the uh, the ruins that's in the middle? Yes, by the lake. Yes. So this right. is the- mm-hmm. so you get blasted. You get blasted through what is um, the what is, I'm assuming is but besides the. Besides the reverse lift hill, I, I assume this is the tallest uh, point in the ride. Am I correct? At, le- at least the biggest drop. Yes. Yeah, it, it seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. So you get blasted. You get blasted through these ruins that have been set up around the lake slash pond area. Rest in peace, dueling dragons. Um, <laughs> You get blasted up, sort of the uh, the main what we what we'll call sort of the main drop hill, if you will, um, and then you you turn you turn pretty viciously to the left as you go down this hill. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty steep and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. It's 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 twisting and it's steep. So it was a, it was a great uh, it was a great drop. What's what's um, interesting is that the the that launch was not as powerful feeling as all the other ones are. I feel like it's one of the weaker ones, if that makes any sense. It, it gets you up to the top, though, where it needs to. Oh, yeah, it does. I think, I, wonder, yeah, I, think, I wonder if it's slightly toned down just so you don't get, like, a whiplash feeling over that hill. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think it's two things. I think, number one, like you said, with the hill, it's kind of like with Slinky Dog Dash, where you start, like, you just, you know, launch. The hill slows you down a lot. As I, mean, I, I think that's by design. But the other thing is you're also starting from not a lot of motion. Like when you come into that launch, you're moving pretty slow. Whereas I feel like a lot of the other launches, you're already moving. They're just moving you faster through that launch. Okay. 
Um, so following that is a pretty extensive. Th- this is this is sort of the fun and games roller coaster section where you go. Uh, you you do your twisting and turning uh, uh, Maverick style through the across, uh, around the lake and uh, around some of the around some of the woods. Um, and this is the, you know this is the this is the bucking bronco uh, portion of the ride where you easily get, my uh, favorite. Yeah, really. Oh well. yeah. And you get you have a you have a great extended turn, almost like a half helix around that lake, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, so this extended outdoor fun game section uh, takes you to another straightaway, which so I want to mention that this uh, the, the the crazy section is definitely my favorite part. Uh, those lateral forces you get on the bike during the giant turns over the water are super intense. Like I've been on a shit ton of coasters, and that was really intense and unexpectedly so. Um, also, what I love is that. When you when you make the comeback around to the portion Jeff's going to mention, like you're turning, and it feels like the bike is still not under control and sputtering. So as you're turning, you lose altitude. You go down and you go back up, and it just feels like it's not under control. If that makes any sense to anyone, like you kind of know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do because I think my this might just speak to the attraction altogether. But one of my favorite things about this entire track is that it is themed to what you're doing. It's not just, hey, this is a fun coaster and you've got like cool turns and whatever. Like and that's all fun and great. But in all reality, you're in a motorbike. And like if you've ever been on a motorbike, what's really fun to do on a bike is kind of sway back and forth and you know, dip and bop. Like and that's what you're doing. It feels like the motorbike does have a lot of kick behind it and mm-hmm. somebody is piloting it and you are just swerving in and out of stuff. Like it just feels so Right now, granted, I didn't I didn't do the motorbike, you know, with your hands on the handles. I was in the sidecar. But even that I felt like I was riding a motorbike. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, you know, that's half the battle, really, with any of these attractions is that you you actually feel like you're doing what you're themed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, whenever that happens, it's pretty magical. Uh, No pun intended. Um, (laughs) So we go. So. Uh, following the fun and game section, we go to another straightaway. This is this is the infamous Fluffy section where you get to meet Fluffy. Um, where he, I mean, Fluffy Fluffy is cool, and you know he it's it's a it's a cool animatronic, but he doesn't really do much. He just sort of you know he just sort of bounces back and forth a little bit, and you know says hi in a snarling little way. Um, he's sort of in like a oh out a rock outcropping that sort of formed a grotto around him. It's a little yeah. weird. Um, cause it's in the middle of nowhere and you know, he's not really surrounded by anything except like a very obvious, like evacuation path. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's still, it's still, it's still fine and, and kids will love it. Um, and it'll, it'll, so once- it'll also grow in, I think. Like, oh yeah. 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 I'm sure. Oh, and yeah, what's really that's another thing is like this, like, can you imagine what this is going to look like in three or four years? Like oh, with all the gosh. holy crap, with all the all the trees and all that, like yeah. it's going to be it's gonna be a forest, like a literal forest. And it's going to be fantastic. 
Well, it's so funny to me. Like, if you were to ask me 10, 15, or heck, even honestly, like five years ago, that there would be an attract another Harry Potter attraction that included an animatronic Fluffy, and that was on the lowest of my list of things I really enjoyed in the ride, I wouldn't believe you. I'd be like, no way. An animatronic Fluffy sounds incredible. And I, as you said, it's cool, but there's just so much other stuff in this ride mm -hmm. that just ends up overpowering the fact that I'm looking at Fluffy. Right. Mm -hmm. So once you get past Fluffy, you're, you're going into the section that Joe mentioned earlier. So from Fluffy, you get a bit of a boost, and you take a hard left, and you head towards you head towards a uh, a, a very large hollowed out tree that has uh, the Weasley car stuck in one of the branches. Mm -hmm. And as you're going as you're going towards this tree, so a couple things to keep in mind here. First of all, you can't see where the track goes because the track dips underneath the tree. So it looks like you're heading right towards the tree. The Weasley car is in the is in the branches, stuck in the branches with its lights going on and off, and it's honking at you. So it, that's sort of a distraction. And then you dip under the tree. Now, this the the second day we were there when all the effects were working and everything, they had they had amazing and very very heavy fog effects at the bottom of that tree, and it is like night and day when they have that fog effect on and off. That fog effect is fantastic underneath that tree. When you, you go underneath the tree, and then that takes you to the, um, I guess what you would call the the reverse tower. Or for you roller coaster tycoon, tycoon fans, it's the reverse woe belly. <laughs> <laughs> you go into the reverse woe belly section where um, Hagrid actually themes this section. So what it physically is is you go up a um, <clears throat> you go up a Superman the Escape type of tower, where you you go up to the top and then you float back down reverse, right? And then you you go to the next section of the ride in reverse. Now, uh, Hagrid sort of themes this by pretending that the motorbike that you're on loses power, stalls, which is yeah. theming for that for that area. So so imagine like you're going up the you're going up the tower. And as you're going up, uh, all the motorbike sounds that accompany your car suddenly fall out. And Hagrid says, uh-oh, looks like you've lost power. And it actually feels like your motorbike has lost power and you're falling back to Earth. This is what Joe had mentioned before. It feels completely real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was one of the uh, sections that surprised me the most because, I mean, I, I'm sure like a lot of listeners, I was, you know – going through theories and listening to Alicia over at Park Stop and like watching videos on YouTube and just trying to like look at the track and understand what was happening. So I knew that the section existed, but I'm such an idiot. I just assumed it would be an Everest situation where you go up and then for whatever thematic reason you hang like a spell or something and you hang for a moment and then you fall back down. But as you said, it's not, it's a free fall. You just go up and then the gravity in real time just takes you straight back down. And, just like we were saying earlier about how it feels like you're on a motorbike, you know, weaving in and out of stuff. You're right. It felt like with the sputtering of the engine sound effects and then Hagrid's commentary, whatever, it was genuinely alarming <laughs> like to go up and then stop and realize, oh, no, within a span of a half a second, have it realize, oh, no, we're going back down <laughs> right now. We are so, OK, uh, th th this is a little side story here. 
Um, when we when we broke down on our first ride, we broke down in front of Fluffy. Um, so the so Hagrid's dialogue kept going an additional an additional oh, zone. No. Yeah, an additional zone past the Fluffy zone, right? So we get into the Fluffy zone. And our ride stops, so our ride our ride basically slows down and, and starts getting into a, a stop. And as we pass Fluffy, Hagrid says, "Uh-oh, looks like you've lost power." So we thought, <laughs> we, thought, we thought that was the breakdown speed. Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's <laughs> perfect. We legitimately thought, and it makes total sense. That yeah. breakdown speed, right? So when we went on it the next time. <laughs> when, oh my we go past, when we go past and then we go up <laughs> that tower and we fall, start falling back and Hagrid says, oh, looks like you lost power. We thought the ride broke down again. That is hilarious. <laughs> so we thought Hagrid said the breakdown spiel. <laughs> so in, in, the, in, the, in the realm of wild coincidence and, you know, uh, metaphorical truth, that, that is an interesting one. Anyway. So you, you know that whole adage that, I mean, anytime – uh, maybe it's just because I used to be scared of roller coasters, but I was always told, and I now tell people who are scared of roller coasters, if you don't want a terrible amount of, of G's or whatever, don't sit in the back. You're going to get the most in the back. You'll be pulled the most, so on and so forth. Um, we I, we weren't the last car in the train, but we were towards the back. And for anyone going on this attraction in the future, if you want more of a thrill, it feels to me as though you're going to have more fun in the front. You guys tell me if I'm wrong, but only because the the tower that you go up is about around the length of the train itself. So if you're in the back, you only go up, it must be 15 feet. It's nothing. Whereas if you're up in the front, I mean, you're effectively going up to the top of that tower. Yeah, the only problem is um, when you're in the drop drop track segment, like you don't see anything, which is the only problem. Like if you're in the back, you see everything, but... In the in the front, you don't see much. Good point. Um, and as a as a final exclamation point on this on this section of the ride, for all you uh, roller coaster and amusement park geeks, this is very similar to the former speed the ride at the Sahara Resort <laughs> Casino in Los Angeles. Deep so, cut. Yeah, point of reference. Point of reference for the win. Um, so now we're going backwards. We go back through the tree. We go back through the fog, which is awesome. Um, you go through the backward section. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to compare this, but it, you know, it, it is going to be similar to Everest. Obviously you're not, you're not in pitch darkness like you are in Everest, but, uh, it's a very similar sort of, you know, uh, weaving sort of turning motion. Um, this this backward section then takes you through into a show building, and now you're going through the Forbidden Forest, which uh, the Forbidden Forest suddenly acquired air conditioning. I don't know how that happened. That's a, <laughs> bit, uh, a bit of Hagrid magic there. Um, but yeah, you su- you suddenly go into a uh, more frosty section of the forest, um, and, it, and it magically turns into night. Um, so there's that too. But yeah, you, you enter a legit show building as you're going backwards, and then you start going through uh, the Forbidden Forest section. Um, what I would compare it to is sort of almost Maelstrom. That's a great, yep. Maelstrom. That, yeah, that oh, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you're going through the backwards section at Maelstrom, and you know you go through the, the rocks, and you go through, you know, past the polar bear and whatnot, 
it's kind of similar, almost eerily similar. I mean, obviously there's a forest around you, so it's kind of different. But I mean, what, when you see and you, you see um, on the, uh, you go past sort of a ridge, and on top of the ridge are uh, centaurs who unfortunately do not are, are not animated, um, which is one of the which is one of the down points of the ride. Like the the, the centaurs are sort of the um, uh, the, the the Harry Potter version of the pterodactyl from Countdown to Extinction. <laughs> it's just sort of paper mache that just sort of lights up and it's just and, like ah. And no. what's and what sucks is that like you see that creature more than the other ones. So like if they just even had it like so for a head turn and an arm raise, that'd be enough. You know. Yeah, just anything. Just like just like yeah, just 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 move your head, just move your arms with the. I mean, he has the bow and arrow right in his hand. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. Yeah. Does he have the bow and arrow? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, just a simple movement with the bow and arrow will make everyone go, "Oh, that's awesome!" Uh, but they don't. So I mean, I don't know the reasons. The reasons why? Maybe they thought you were moving too fast. Maybe they thought this is kind of where the budget's gonna have to gonna have to come into play. I don't know. But anyway, you go past the centaurs, um, and then you go into the the final uh, section, which is the which is the auto drop section. Which, if anyone's ever been on Verbolton at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, um, you know what's coming. Joe, what other rides have this? Uh, 13 at Alton Towers, and I believe those are the only ones. I will double check real quick on RCDB. Give me a second. Anyway, continue on, Jeff. Um, so while, yeah, while Joe's doing that, I can describe uh, what's going on. So you, you, back into, you back into a sort of... Uh, darkened cave area where uh hagrid says "Uh oh you've been caught by devil's snare and um you see sort of the the uh the area around you the cave around you like a lot of it starts to move right and uh you see some of the, some some more lights will turn on so that you see like the devil's snare in action but it's pretty cool like they have a lot of like snare going through the caves and it starts moving, it starts circulating, it starts circulating, it starts circulating. Um, I forget Hagrid's exact line of dialogue here, but it's something like either don't move or he, he casts that luminous spell, whatever it is. We all cast uh, the spell, remember? We cast the spell, okay. I just um, remember, like Devil's Snare in the movie, like they're they're like, don't move, right? And then you go down. Um, Lumos Salem, I think. Uh, yeah, Lumos Salem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so, so we all cast as, as the as the snare is is closing in on you. We cast the spell, and once we cast the spell, your entire train <coughs> drops a level, like it just got like like you just went from you know the second floor to the first floor, just boom, like like you went through the floor. Pretty much. So imagine like your roller coaster is like on the second floor of a building and then it just crashes through to the first floor. That's what this feels like. Um, So while as you crash down and as everyone goes, oh, my God, that was awesome. um, Then the area around you becomes a blast ended screw sort of cave. Um, Now, obviously, the train has to wait a couple seconds because the switch track ahead of you has to actually switch. So as you're sort of stuck in this cave area, all the blasted screws they all light up. Their their magic parts light up, um, and, <laughs> and Hagrid's like, "Oh wait, this is not good. Uh, I should probably get you out of here." So as the switch track is switching in front of you, 
Hagrid is sort of giving the, I should probably get you out of here. Um, Then you blast forward. Then you finally have the, have the famed dragon button section where, (laughs) where a couple things happen at once. You pass. Now uh, you pass one of Hagrid's dragons, don't you? No, no dragons on this ride. You, you press the, you press the dragon fire button. Yes. Yes. Okay. And what does happen is like the right side of the car. There's like like an array of lights and um, steam effects that kind of trail alongside of you, like as you're being launched out towards the rest of the track. Right. So as you're as you're going out of this this cave, this this show building, you uh, you press the little red button as you're going through the giant cockroach. No, wait. So sorry. That's uh, that's another part. You press the giant purple button as you're going out of the cave, and you you turn on you know the magical you, the magical uh, uh, dragon fire power that the motorbike has because hey Arthur Weasley really likes to pimp his rides yeah. and you are, you are skated out of the cave through a uh, through a hail of smoke um, as you go through the final uh, very 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 fast launch section very intense launch too. It's it's really fast that one. So and then it launches you around a couple more corners. You do another very truncated fun and game section, and then that is the that is the end of your experience. Except you have one more little show scene. Uh, you go into the first break run, and then when you go from the first break run to the second break run, uh, when you look to your right, there's a little show scene of uh, a unicorn uh, with its baby on the left and, side, left hand side. On the, on the left hand side, uh, you have you have the mama unicorn and you have little baby unicorn, and Hagrid. Uh, you know, at the end of the ride, Hagrid says, "Big Red is okay." <laughs> <laughs> and the team member out there to to show you and yeah. say, "Yes, everything's good." Yep. So, and then that's that's the final show scene. You go into the final break run and you go uh, back into unload, and that's your experience. So, I think that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I- the ending, um, that end launch is incredible. It's really, really good. Um, my only complaint with it is that it feels like it could have used another, like, overbank turn or, like, like a, a helix, like an Expedition Everest helix at that point just to really drive that speed and or, intensity home. Or, or a Cedar Creek Mine Ride helix. Yeah, there you go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you you know... You mentioned um, Arthur wanting to pimp out rides and whatever. It, it's really interesting because Caitlin and I are both obsessive Harry Potter fans, um, and she's been re-listening to all of the books through audiobooks. Um, mm-hmm. And right before we rode, she was on Deathly Hallows, the final mm-hmm. book. And there are specific lines in that book when Hagrid comes to Privet Drive, along you know alongside everybody else, where he and Arthur are talking about, yes, I've Arthur said, I've been modifying his bike and having some, putting some muggle technology in there and what have you and adding some magic. So, again, just as a Harry Potter fan, it's just so cool that, number one, that this even exists. But two, the attention to detail really is just on par because they are pulling things directly not only out of the movies, but the books as well. And that's just, ugh, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's super, super cool. Um, and I, I like how they really incorporated everything into it. Um, I'm kind of having a hard time pinning down when it takes place in mm. like the movies and books. 
But it's sure. some it's sometime after um, Goblet and sometime before the beginning of Deathly Hollows. Cause like or like right right before the end of Haplet Prince, I think. Because like the school is uh, still there and it's cool and everyone's yeah, cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Snape hasn't taken over and you know, all that bad stuff. Yeah, you know, I never even considered because with all of these attractions that all these companies have been um developing based on movies, the question of well when does it take place <laughs> is becoming more of a, a thing. And I can't believe I didn't think about that until you just brought that up, but that's very interesting. Yeah. So I think it's um I think it's probably sometime in that in that like three books or so time period. Mm-hmm. I would say so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other thoughts, uh, Danny? Since uh, we just talked a lot, I want to get some of your bigger <laughs> thoughts on everything. Uh, man, I when I walked out, the first thing that we were we just could not stop saying, we just laughed so much we couldn't stop laughing from the moment of simply sitting on the bike we were both just like giggling like i can't believe we're sitting in and well in serious blacks motorbike and now haggard's motorbike like this is just bananas that we get to experience this but the track don't get me wrong i will always miss dragon challenge slash dueling dragons but Mm -hmm. the track is just so much fun i i wouldn't necessarily call it the most thrilling attraction that you can find even in, in that one park but it's a heck of a lot of fun. Like I've talked to people that want to go because they're big Harry Potter fans, but they don't really like coasters. They don't like falls. They don't like dropping. I just think that every single aspect of it just puts a grin on your face. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, I it is very easily recommended to almost anyone that I speak to. And then from a theming perspective and just from a broader, I don't know, outlook, I've been, I guess it's been a week since I've been on it now. Man, I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge, and I haven't been on Smuggler's Run, and obviously we haven't been on, you know, uh, Rise of the Resistance yet, but I look at this and I'm like, man, you guys better bring your (laughs) A-game. Like, it's, it just gives you so much joy for not a lot of, I mean, relatively not a lot of square footage, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and who knows what the budget was in comparison but from what i've heard about galaxy's edge like you were talking about len earlier len told me that smuggler's run is okay (laughs) and i want to love it because i love the idea of piloting the millennium falcon that's probably up there with you know being in haggard's motorbike for me um but it sounds like it's not quite on that level so from a broad perspective i look at both of these competitors and i'm like Rise better really blow me away because what did blow me away, and I really truly mean that this ride is there's little that I can think to complain about. I, I, I complained about the the pre-show, and sure you brought up the centaur, that's a really good point. There's some somewhat low points, but this thing's just next level to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. Jeff, what are what are some of your final thoughts on the ride? Um, so <clears throat> really well executed for the most part. Um, some of the things, so I think my, I think my experience was tempered just a little bit because we had done, uh, Verbolton before, which, you know, it's, it's sort of, sort of a similar idea. It's actually kind of creepy how similar Hagrid is to Verbolton, like just in general, uh, like, you know, ride through the woods with the, with the drop section, things like that. Um, so in my very, very, very honest opinion, um, compared to Forbidden Journey 
and Gringotts, it seems like Hagrid's aims a little bit lower, but it still hits where it aims pretty spot on, hmm. especially with especially with just the idea. Like the hard part is marrying the theme with the ride mechanism. That's that's the hard. Like it's you know Star Tours. You know you're you're finally you're finally riding in space in Star Wars, right? In uh, Temple of the Forbidden Eye, you're you're in a jeep vehicle riding with Indiana Jones, right? We've we've seen so many versions of cough back Fast and the Furious who <laughs> don't get it right, and instead of doing what they should have done, a Fast and Furious attraction where you're actually riding fast through a car, what is wrong with you, Universal? Um, you know, you, the, anyway, the just bottom line is they, they got the experience, right? You know, the motorbike, this is, this is what riding on, uh, Arthur's our, our um, serious blacks motorbike with, with an Arthur Weasley spell would feel like, mm-hmm. right. That's the hard part. They got it right. They got it exactly right. Um, I mean, the minor complaints is I, I, I feel like. Um, some of the show scenes could have been more impressive just because like the, your imagination goes wild and, you know, you don't want to see the centaur just sort of sitting there and the, the unicorns there and, and they're nice, but like, you feel like that, that could have been like a whole, a whole section of, I don't know, multiple unicorns or like can you imagine or animated unicorns well if you if, if you went through but imagine like if you went through so you go through the 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 first break run right then imagine you go inside you go inside uh the the ruins that the queue area is in and in that final turn when you go into the into the unload that whole area is just filled with animatronic animals and then, like mm-hmm. Hagrid, like says goodbye to all of them or points out all of them, like like that would be really cool. Especially since that's a break run, and if you're stuck there for an extended period of time, you have something to look at. Mm-hmm. That's that's not something that a lot of attractions have, except for El Rio del Tiempo, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just like things like that, that I feel like. It's it's one of the, the the feeling I have about this ride is it's an A that could have been an A plus. Mm. I feel like it aimed lower. It hit the bull. It hit the bullseye that it aimed for, but I think it aimed lower, and that's why that's why I'm taking points off now. Danny, as Joe knows, and as everyone who listens to this podcast or has ever met me knows, that I am a snob. My <laughs> standards are higher than anyone else's you will ever meet. So the fact that I say it's an A. Probably means that to everyone else in the world, it's an, it's an A plus. But that is that is sort of my my high ended, high minded, nose in the air criticism. Of well, Hag- I mean, I'll be honest. I, I it's not even like I disagree with it because like the the points that you those few examples you brought up are spot on. And this is also part of the problem that I personally have. If I can bring up a gripe of mine, so yes, first of the unicorn, like great one, two unicorns. For some reason, in the castle area, I guess they wandered off in, in there and just <laughs> stayed there for a minute. That was just – it feels like a great finale with that big launch, and then you make one bank, and then that's it. So, mm-hmm. yes, on the finale. Um, 
one of my small quibbles, and I know this is going to be sound so stupid, but the concept art that Universal released <laughs> shows the like Lake Pond area that we were talking about earlier, not as a lake or as a pond. They show it as a river because it is kind of narrow. So they show like white water in there and they show like the river moving. And as soon as I saw them release that concept art, I was like, they put a river in this, like not just standing water. They put a river in this. Like, do they have wave machines? Do they design it like Popeye where they have like, you know, rocks in the bottom to make the water hit a certain way. Like what, what the heck? And then of course they didn't. <laughs> so th- you're right. There are, there are rough edges that I would love to see have been plussed a little bit, but in, um, but in broad strokes, yeah. Walking off my, my smile was ear to ear. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's still very good. Um, what about you, Joe? Um, I think on your end, Jeff, uh, it, you brought up like, you know, because we rode with Bolton, you know, well, also like we also rode, you know, Maverick, which does a lot of the same, like we just rode Maverick like two weeks before. Well, and that does a I'm, lot of the same elements. <clears throat> well, see, th- this really is a combination of uh, Verbolton plus the, the fire chaser attraction at Dollywood. Mm-hmm. Plus the plus, uh, I would actually not compare it to Maverick as much as Manta at SeaWorld San Diego. Yeah, I haven't been on that one yet, so that's the only reason why I didn't that, compare it. So that one, the ride experience is very similar to to Hagrid's. Not only do they have like the launch section and like the theme the themed launch, but it's a it's sort of a family friendly version of Maverick, which is very similar to Hagrid's. So I think those three attractions. I've been on very similar attractions and I'm used to like, you know, going on, you know, Forbidden Journey and Gringotts, which is like, God, I, I have I have no comparison for those. <laughs> I have no comparison whatsoever to Forbidden Journey and Gringotts. Right. But I have comparisons to Hagrid. And that sort of brings it down to earth a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's because it like for a lot of um, uh, for a lot of people like who've written and like, oh, my God, this is so incredible. I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. It's um. It's a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, they they haven't just written on this just like two weeks before. They haven't seen these kinds of things, you know. So to them, and especially if they're used to Orlando coasters, um, you know, where it's like B&M or, or Vacoma, and, you know, it's a lot of helixes or it's a wild mouse, you know, getting something like this just feels completely different. Yes. Yes, it does. And it's still great. Um, I think my, my biggest thing is I just wish the a lot of the show elements were more, you know, more really impactful. Like the, like Im- imagine like the, uh, the, the fluffy section, like you, you, like you go through just a little like cave and then you see fluffy who's like gigantic, right? He's, he's like, he's like the giant fluffy that you imagine from Sorcerer's Stone, right? Just like his head's like as, just as big as like the, fir- like the top half of your body. Um, mm-hmm. You know that, that sort of thing. It's like my my imagination was was more fired up thinking about the ride than, than the ride experience itself. Well, because there's the whole um, like I guess they Universal even like talked about this, but obviously lots of fans have been talking about this. The whole no screens mantra that has been you know very Which, much right? discussed. I am great, but I'm very much time, on board. Simply not doing screens and doing animatronics isn't enough, right? Like that. It's a really good start, and I'm glad I can say there's an attraction with no screens at that park, but that doesn't necessarily 
mean that it's automatically going to be incredible, you know? Right. Yeah. You have to take it the full mile. And that's why, that's why it's so hard to do it physically without screens is because, you know, it is like, it is really hard to do that kind of thing. Right. Um, which, which I mean, they get points for trying and that's why I don't want to like, that's why I'm saying like the ride is still great. Like I want them to keep doing rides like this, but you know, just the, I, I hope they, they, they kick it up a notch for, for whatever they have planned for, um, for Mario Kart and Jurassic Park. Well, that and uh, yeah, I was just going to say and Jurassic Park. And well, well, how themed is that going to be? It's going to be pretty yeah. themed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be on the same level, but it's going to have a lot of rock work. It's going to have. Um, it, I mean, it's definitely going to go for more of a more traditional coaster experience, but it's going to have rock work and show scenes and all that stuff. It's just going to really. It's going to lean more into the dynamic forces, you know. Yeah, it seems like that's what mom and dad go on and the, you know, the older brother or older sister goes on and the kids might be more accessible for Hagrid. And then the thrill seeker that still wants a thematic experience would then go to um, Jurassic Park. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, I thought you were going to say Flight of the Hippogriff. My bad. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the example also is like Terran, you know, Terran uh, for Jurassic Park. Also, like the Jurassic Park coaster has the the double uh, spine, uh, the double spine to it, you know, like a like a Sky Rush, Jeff. God, as long as they don't have those restraints. God, I hope not. <laughs> Every, everything else about Sky Rush is fantastic, but those restraints are just awful. Yeah, so Danny, these restraints they pull up from above you and then they lock your lap into place, but the restraints huh. are like. Um, so the Intamin has this like uh, restraint where it, it patented, patented um, having the hydraulics lock, and you know, and and the hydraulics can like expand if it needs to, but it used okay. to work for lap bars, not for this pull down. So when you pull it down, you can continuously pull it down, and it'll keep going even after oh. it locks. So the problem is, is that you hit that first drop with the maximum G-forces, and oh it just staples your thighs in. And the, then the, the nickname for the coaster is called, is called Thigh Crush. <laughs> but otherwise, the ride's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> that is very interesting and a little alarming. Yeah. But otherwise, it's a great ride. I can't complain. <laughs> so I think we're done for tonight. I'm getting tired. I'm getting sleepy. Um, Danny, where can we find you online at? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AverageDisNerd and at AverageDisNerd.com. Uh, my sh- show is – I post it every other Friday. Um, it is a podcast with a rotating guest each week. I know it says Disney, but hey, we talk about Universal and other places too. <laughs> um, my goal is to just bring passionate people on the show. Um, and then what that in turn hopefully does is we talk about some things that I think that a lot of shows don't have the opportunity to talk about. For example, recently I've had episodes about autism awareness, um, about Disney's conservation efforts, anxiety while visiting the parks and stuff. Um, and I've got some exciting episodes coming up. Um, I've got one planned uh, about accessibility in the parks, um, some some offshoot topics. So if you are interested in hearing any of that, AverageDisNerd.com. Cool. That's certainly That's certainly different than a lot of the other podcasts going around. When we're going to talk about Dole Whips. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love a good Dole Whip. And, you know, we have movie reviews and we, we talk about all that stuff too. But my hope is that anyone that listens gets to have fun but uh, eats their vegetables too. 
and they're and they're, and they're all about an hour long or hour and a half hour and a half mm-hmm. or so. Yep. So much shorter than this epic. Uh, much much shorter than this uh, uh, Greek epic that is us. <laughs> this magical magical adventure. Yes. Uh, I mean, our. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could have watched like five episodes of Games of Th- Game of Thrones by now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jeff, where can we find you online at? I am Parkscope Jeff on Twitter. Awesome. And I will be, I will be um, finally uh, in the next hopefully one to two weeks, finally uploading the last couple videos that I have in my VHS collection that will get posted on the Parkscope blog YouTube channel. Yay! Uh, so look at, look forward to that. So what uh, do you have? What what do you have in the pipeline? Um, so we have oh we have a uh, behind the scenes at Universal Japan. We have a behind the scenes at uh, Disney Studios Paris. Um, we have Extreme Rides two thousand two. Um, we have the um, hotel specials that the Travel Channel hotel specials at Yacht and Beach Club and Grand Floridian. Love my favorite resort. Yeah. Uh, Gotta get that and, Samantha Brown fix. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, and uh, behind the scenes at Tokyo Disney Sea. Fantastic. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna have to find those. Yes. Um, also, so they'll, yep, be coming, sorry. they'll be coming in the next uh, one to two weeks. Fantastic. Yep. I will be, I will, I will be tweeting out every single, I'll, I'll be tweeting out a link. Every every time I upload one of them, so keep an eye on my Twitter feed. Awesome! Uh, you can find me at Parkscope Joe on Twitter. You can find all of us at Parkscope.net and Parkscope at Parkscope on Twitter. Uh, go leave us a review or something. I usually should say re- leave us a review and where to find us at the beginning, but I keep forgetting to. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, you made it this far. Yeah, if, if you made it this far, you must like it, right? So, on behalf of everyone, uh, thank you for joining us again, Danny. I hope to see you soon, and hopefully we do something again like this soon. Always fun. Hopefully not two hours. I was yeah, like, agreed. I, I, originally, I was like, oh, it'll be an hour, hour and a half. It's like two hours later. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see you soon. Uh, thank you again, Jeff, and all you guys. We'll see you later. Uh, Kungaloosh, love everybody, hate everything. <laughs>